Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lamar and I have a special guest here today. We have Liam Brown. He's um, with Knights Esports Group out in Pittsburgh. Um, Liam, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're a busy guy, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for joining. Uh, we would love to know kind of um, today a little bit about like who you are, how you got to where you're at, um, what you do with the um, Knights Esports Group, and then kind of what your guys' plans are for the future. But um, I guess we can start off with um, you know. Your background, you know, how'd you get into where you're at and what you do? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Oh, you know, Lamar, thanks for having me. Uh, Where it really started, I I started becoming a game. I was a gamer since I was like eight years old. I started with my dad, oddly enough, which not a lot of people can relate to, but we would play like Madden 06. Uh, We'd play Tekken a little bit and it was on the PS2 and we would go to Blockbuster and we'd rent out like different games. And then I got into like trading different uh, game this is back when we still had discs and mm-hmm. I would trade discs with like other kids at like lunchtime and stuff like that on Friday. And then we, I'd return it to them on Monday. So that's, I kind of got a feel for how much I liked it. Um, and then I started getting into other sports and like, you know, more of the stereotypical kid. I was in viola and tennis. So a lot of like sort of nerdy mm-hmm. kid stuff. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I started, I remember when Skyrim came out, that's when on, on the Xbox 360, and that's when I really started getting more involved into the sort of the story-driven and narrative single-player aspect of it. I was never really mm-hmm. big on uh, Call of Duty multiplayer. You know, COD was huge when I was a kid. I was never mm-hmm. big on the multiplayer games, um, mostly because I was too scared to ask my parents for like a Xbox Live membership. So um, <laughs> I get into I go into the uh, University of Pittsburgh, and I'm going through like the usual route. Um, I changed my major like five times. I changed my career paths like eight different times. And it wasn't until COVID uh, that I really found a lot of pressure. I was working for a tech company at the time, CDW. And in my junior and senior year, and it was in my senior year that I found that COVID compliant uh, restrictions made it so that esports was the only type of entertainment or experience that could really bring people together in a virtual scenario. Mm-hmm. So I really found that I had a, a knack for bringing people together. I When I started uh, getting all of the gaming clubs together, I started having like talks with the administration. I started talking with like our branch campuses, found out Pitt Greensburg had an esports program mm-hmm. that they were trying to really get off the ground. And I really pushed the limit at my university. So I knew that I wanted to do this. I wanted to do esports. I didn't know how. I didn't know what the job description was going to be, um, but I knew I wanted to work for a team. 
I found out that Pittsburgh had an esports team called the Knights. And I I remember it very clearly. This is in January. It was a Thursday. And I with my student ID, I took the free bus down to the Steelers offices where, you know, our offices are, where uh, we share the same offices with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the NFL oh, nice. team. And <laughs> awesome. I, I go in, yeah, I go in, I sh- kind of schmooze my way past the security. I'm like, I have a mail uh for for the ceo and she's like oh yeah it's right up on this floor i had my envelope my manila folder with all my hopes and dreams so i had my cover (laughs) letter that i rewrote a bunch of times my resume i rewrote i had a couple of like um university of pittsburgh face masks and i had like a white paper that i'd written I go in and there's nobody in the offices. <laughs> I was I was crushed. I go into the Steelers offices and there's one woman working. She was one of their like heads of marketing. I was like, mm-hmm. is there any way like you can get this tonight? And she's like, well, they still get their mail, so I could put it in the um, you know, in in their mailbox. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I I hand her my baby, basically. <laughs> and uh, she put it in and I got a call back in a week. And then I went through the interview process. And my first interview was with, uh, was with James O'Connor, mm-hmm. who is uh, kind of a legend in at least the CSGO space. He was the coach of Team Liquid. And he was the first US coach to bring a North American team to the world finals in all of CSGO. Oh, wow. So this guy's a, a legend. He ran 30 yeah. competitive seasons, you know, and, and I had basically a one hour interview. It was just like a long call. Mm-hmm. where he was breaking down, you know, nothing is as it seems. This is like who are the real decision makers. You know, this is why mm-hmm. you see this, but on the back end, like this is this. It was kind of like, it felt like um, I was in like Goodfellas or The Sopranos and I met yeah. somebody who sits at the mafia <laughs> table who was like in the number, he's like one of the top five in the world and I'm just one of the, I just met him. So yeah, then that was the, uh, he wanted to put me in the business development side and the corporate partnership side. So I was like, I'm all game. I, I, put me where you want me and mm-hmm. i was i went into the space not wanting to be a, a professional player mm-hmm. not wanting to be a game designer i just went in wanting to bring people together and that was my passion and i just followed that that was my entrance into esports oh wow that's pretty amazing <laughs> so at <laughs> yeah. the time was um how long ago was this I, I don't know if you said so that was in uh 2021 that i officially okay. started i actually started before i graduated so i was okay, like cool. working and i was still like finishing out the forms for like my graduation robe you yeah. know like I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how big were the knights like i mean that esports org were they had they been established or were they kind of building yeah so they've been so by the time that i walked in they they had been around since 2016 2017 mm. and they've been um you know, they've been world champions, regional champions. They've been uh, champions in Halo, Gears of War, Smite. Uh, they've fielded multiple different competitive teams, but they are actually three companies wrapped up into one. And this what is kind of what makes them a little bit different or makes us different from other esports entities is that uh, we're not just a competitive team. Uh, we also built all the infrastructure on the back end so that we can also act as an events and tournament organizer and mm. also as a tech developer. So we do a lot of really cool stuff with the uh, developers over at Discord, and we are the main tournament organizer for Riot Games in all of North America. We also work with the developers over for like Apex Legends and Rocket League, but it's kind of like it, it we're not just doing teams and we're not just fielding competitive teams. You know, we didn't get stuck in the rut of just having influencers, mm-hmm. uh, which, which I think is pretty cool because we've seen how that model 
doesn't allow for consistent growth and it doesn't allow for, um, I don't know, like a concrete structure because you're very much mm-hmm. held to the whims of the talent. Um, and then you get into this weird situation where sure the the couple of guys in their parents bedroom kind of like uh, let's like look at the phase clan example for instance like mm-hmm. uh you know a couple of guys really good players they had a really solid um they were really good influencers really good content creators then they brought in outside like outside corporate style entities into the mix and then that kind of like caused this divide between the organization so mm-hmm. we didn't follow that model we had professional players who also had corporate and partnerships training develop the organization and kind of mold it. So at the time that I stepped in, we were uh, already champions and hmm. uh, we were still running different tournaments and events and stuff like that. But but now it's grown so that we are the we're running like the Valorant Challengers League uh, for oh. all of North America, which is the which is the tier two to get into the Premier League. But it's the biggest one in North America. So. Hmm. A little little background of about yeah, like wow, kind of pedigree. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah. <clears throat> so then for everyone listening, you know, obviously there's esports orgs popping up all over the the nation, yeah. and you were able to just go there physically, talk to the people you needed to, and and drop off everything that you needed to. Yeah, you know, I I was very first off, I'm, I'm very lucky to be working for this organization because like they had established themselves and received investment. From the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, and Wiz Khalifa and his Taylor Gang, as well as many mm-hmm. other like private uh, investment investors in in the Pittsburgh area. So mm-hmm. I was able to kind of go in to a team that was very like established already and had main office and like some physical infrastructure already in play. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of what what people don't realize is that a lot of esports like teams are mm-hmm. just run out of the one team manager's like office in his house. Mm-hmm. And they don't have like legally for tax reasons, they probably do have like a mailing address and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. they don't have like offices. They they're not as big as you realize they are. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so everyone listens. Yeah, definitely. You can get in. Um, and you just got to reach out to them, especially on. I've, I feel like the establishing ones. <laughs> yeah, but but here's the thing. Like, what, what people don't realize is that since esports is growing so much. Mm-hmm. We need people from every aspect. We need, you know, we we need tournament and it, it, it events people. We need marketers. We need lawyers. We need every kind of job uh, skill under the sun for a growing industry. Mm-hmm. And you know, as far as the the networking is a little bit more difficult. And but a lot of these teams still like uh, post on Indeed and Glassdoor and LinkedIn. You know, so mm. all the opportunities are there, just like in any other field. But you just have to go looking a little bit harder. And is there any specific backgrounds that you guys like that you look for, or you yeah, know, what does kind um, of a candidate look like for you guys? Can uh, so when it's recruiting on the staff side, it's more so that you are qualified for uh, kind of the position that you're interviewing for, just like with any organization, and mm-hmm. also that you're motivated. You know, it, I I can't tell you how much uh, the power of follow-ups helped me during the interview process or uh really kind of politicking internally like before Mm -hmm. i joined on like following up and and making sure that they knew that i was at the top of their inbox i was motivated and ready to work for them and what if if i couldn't work in that position i was interviewing for then i hear you know my skill sets here's what i can do where else would you think i'd be a good fit and really Mm -hmm. making sure that you're motivated to um 
you know, take that educated no and just turn it into a, okay, maybe not right now for this position, but you can work here. Um, on, on the talent side, it's, it's going to be more of like the, uh, the usual follower count skill, uh, in the gaming title, um, how engaged are your user base? How often do you post, you know, again, one of the re talent recruitment is a lot harder than people realize because you assume as the fan that they're going to keep on posting. But when you are the organization that that influencer exists under their umbrella, you know, mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times influencers have come on and they've just been like, okay, well, they, then they stop posting because they get comfortable. Mm -hmm. and, and not just saying like, oh, like they don't deserve any kind of comfort or security. It's just that they, they coast. They don't keep on engaging with those habits that put them on the map in the first place. Mm -hmm. So from the from the talent side it's going to be skill following engagement um and, and then also your personality as a whole we want to make sure that we have people who are like you know are emulating our values and, and they're not being like totally not brand safe they might be able to toe the edge but we got to make sure that they can play ball with like partnerships or or sponsors mm -hmm. so that's kind of like recruitment on the staff and the talent side gotcha gotcha yeah. well that's great um so i guess for everyone listening um what do you or can you let them know like what your position is exactly and what you do within the Knights Esports Group? Yeah, of course, man. So I my official title is a corporate partnerships manager. Mm -hmm. I think I still have business cards left over, but uh, <laughs> I I help to manage all of our current partnerships with either our in, our strategic investors or mm -hmm. our uh, current sponsors and partners and then a bigger part of my day is going after different brands that I feel would be in a good uh, would be a good fit in mm -hmm. esports or gaming and want access to uh the highest in the most engaged uh tech savvy high income uh hard to reach audience that currently exists on the market and because I know that we specialize in contacting this audience mm -hmm. in our own specific ways, but finding a different companies that either want access to that or finding different companies that just want to be a part of the future, you know? So, mm. um, you know, very much sales, business development, partnerships, you know, that's, that's really my day to day. And, and that's what I do. Yeah. So is it, um, do you find the space has contracted since you started or has it grown? Is it, it's, how it's, does that look? So it's it's definitely grown. Uh, the the one thing that I found is that while we have, and not, not just because I exist in the space and I see the articles and stuff like that, mm. um, you know, we're we're. I, I mean, like, if you want to look at any industry, you can kind of look at where the Saudi uh, wealth fund is investing in, and that's mm -hmm. usually a, 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 something that you got to have your eye on. But what I've seen in the space, <clears throat> it's grown, but people want more. They want more interactivity. They mm -hmm. want to be able to um, actually have a say in the action, and they don't just want the hype. Um, another thing that a lot of esports entities need to realize is that endemics and non-endemics need some kind of data measurement. So when when a lot of these different companies go looking for like uh, a marketing agency that they want to work for those marketing agencies for the longest time they provided data back and, and metrics back on hey this is a reflection of how the campaign went and esports sponsorship, what a lot of people don't realize is they there's those press releases that uh, that appear on IGN and Esports Insider and and some other like industry specific journals. But other than that, what happens? Like what happens after that? Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of esports entities investing in data measurement tools mm -hmm. and the ability to tell the brand 
this is what we did for you. This is what you got back. This is the media value, this, this, and this. So that's something that we really need to, to um, invest in, I think, as a space. Because when, when you see like some of these top performing organizations uh, either reporting like lowered stock prices or like very public failures, <clears throat> falling outs mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you also got to go back and look at the numbers and you want to see what the brands got out of it. So mm-hmm. I think that the space has grown, but there's really important things we have to look at if, if we're going to keep growing. And we're mm-hmm. going to keep on making those crazy metrics um, like, oh, like we're slated to hit this portion of growth, this much viewership um, in the next like five years. And if we're going to keep on hitting those cool numbers, we have to take a look at the basics and just say, what's backing all of this up? How are mm-hmm. we making sure that this isn't a bubble? How are we making sure that there's like support structure involved so that people understand what they're investing in and what they're watching? So, yeah. That, yeah, it's kind of my view on. on yeah, that, no, that's so. great. <laughs> that's yeah. good insight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like to ta- ask different orgs, you know, from their perspectives, how they see the market, how they see money coming in, going out. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really good. So I guess on the talent side, then, like when you guys are putting together, how many teams do you guys have and what are they in? We have like three or four. Uh, we have a Mortal Kombat and like Street Fighter. Like we have one player who competes in like a bunch of different fighting games. Mm-hmm. We also have an two iRacing players. And then we have a Rainbow Six team based out of Latam. So mm-hmm. we field a few competitive teams, but we more so are on the tech side, bringing people together with uh, Discord and mm-hmm. then also with like events and establishing that path to pro environment at the blessings of the different developers for prizing and making sure that people can follow their dreams and get into the space rather than just inspiring them with our stories of success with our competitive teams so mm-hmm. um that that's a lot that's a big so there's the really three pillars to us there's the knights knights arena and matchbot so that, that's so kinda, then uh what are those three pillars i guess do yeah yeah, so the, so the Knights are the competitive and influencer entity. So that's mm-hmm. going to be like the competitive teams, the different influencers. Uh, the Knights Arena, that's going to be our events, tournaments, leagues hosted mm-hmm. on Twitch. Uh, we're going to be working with um, many different competitive uh, professional esports teams who want to prove that they're still the top dogs. And like, so let's say the Valorant space, like on behalf of Riot Games, we're running the entirety of the Valorant Challengers League. So mm-hmm. we're again, we're the we're the main force in Valorant right now. And and one thing that's cool about Valorant, I don't care, like I don't care if you play or not, but mm-hmm. Val the Valorant community is one of the most engaged audience groups, and they actually care what's going on. They watch like so. Um, <clears throat> we host events in Valorant, uh, and then also for. Um, Uh, rocket league and apex legends we also used to run events for like halo gears of war r6 uh, a bunch of those different things but every event that we host on our knights arena is going to be for actual prize money you know we also host different like uh competitive women's only tournaments allowing for like women to enter the space and and really earn their stripes and establish again that the women's path to pro environment which is which is Mm -hmm. you know the the women's experience is a little bit different than yours or mine um and then on the third column, it's going to be Matchbot. So that was that technology I was talking about a little bit before where um, it's basically Uber for gaming. And it allows for people to, um, if anybody who's watching this is looking, uh, look up Champions Q with League of Legends. And that was kind of like the beta test of Matchbot. It basically allows you to consistently run uh, 10 mans five, or, or five on fives or, or rounds in the game only with people you know 
in your Discord group. So it oh, cool. puts it's a bot that puts you guys into a group. Again, you and your friends, and you click a button. You all together, you click in a bu- click a button, and boom, you're right in the game with people that you know. There's no randomized stuff anymore. And if you want mm-hmm. to like play with randos, you can. But you know, with this, it'll track your progress, and we'll be able to um to do some other really cool stuff that legally yeah. <laughs> I can't talk about just yet. Sure. But that's kind of like that's that's what the baseline level of technology is. Mm. So for esports or at least maybe for Knights, what do you guys look for in talent as far as players in your comp teams? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's going to be the the skill of the question, the the game in question. And mm-hmm. now we're also looking for players who want longevity to their career, so they understand that you're you're not going to be a potent force in esports if you're just competing. You also have to be able to make content. You also have to be able to talk the talk. And when you're giving interviews or you're interacting with the press or the fans, you have to understand, like, how do I represent myself? And how do I represent my organization? How am I going to authentically place, like, partners or sponsors into the mix as I'm going along? How do the fans look up to me? And and they understand those kinds of things. So uh, skill, uh, how they treat their following, uh, how they are as a person that's that's usually like the, the baseline stuff that we look at and then okay. after that we're going to look at the data so we're going to look at um okay so how often are you streaming what are you streaming what's like the engagement level like how mm-hmm. many concurrent viewers do you get you know some some of that yeah. baseline level data mm-hmm. and then we try to go off of the self-reported metrics that the the competitive player or the influencer is going to give to us you know a lot of them will have like oddly enough their own spreadsheet that they provide to us it's like Hmm. this is all the stuff that i'm measuring for myself and and Mm -hmm. that's some of the cool stuff that we like to look at like what's your branding how does it fit into ours and and what are you measuring you know as as we Mm -hmm. go into this so the numbers behavior skills that, that that kind of thing Gotcha. Well, that's good because yeah. I've had a lot of people reach out to me asking how they get into orgs, how do they get into comp um, teams. And, yeah. And obviously it's skill, but I think the big thing that people forget is it's not just being able to play good. It's building that audience, building that brand, self-brand, you know, being able to market yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And and a, a lot of it is like through the power of follow-ups, like a lot is possible from like the talent side. So if mm-hmm. you're able to establish like your skill set, the branding, you have all that information ready to present to people, then you can start to coordinate with people on either social media or directly via email. Um well, a lot of esports teams might be recruiting, but they might not be posting about recruiting. So mm-hmm. you you really have to go forth and you see those those top teams that that you follow and you really like their content. Well, then why don't you go after them and try to work with them? So yeah. you know, it's mm-hmm. not just follower count anymore. A lot of people understand the power of micro influencers, and they understand that a higher engaged fan base is better than just you know a large fan base that doesn't do anything. Yep, yeah, I agree. So with your guys' size and organization now, um, what are some of the challenges you guys run into, whether it's on your business side or on the comp side or on the you know content side? I guess what are some of the biggest challenges you guys have? One of the current challenges is <clears throat> like discussing the viability of esports partnership as a worthy investment to brands that have no experience with the space. You know, mm-hmm. and and of course, like a lot of people uh on the corporate side their first interaction with esports is going to like be oh you know my kids you know or i saw this article like i saw this thing um oddly enough they might even like uh bring up some old bill meyer interviews from like network television Mm. you know so (laughs) um and and it's so convincing them from the numbers side about why this is a worthy investment and then uh 
really just showing like this is where your investment dollars are going to go because again this mm -hmm. is where the data tracking is, is so important because while you can have like a like a slide presentation that looks really cool or you can have like posts that did really well they're mm -hmm. going to want to to make sure that they understand like where everything is going and what this you know new space is because you know uh oddly enough and this is a joke but oddly enough like people aren't going to invest like six to seven figures into a space that they have no experience in. Yeah. They're going to want to do that crawl, walk, run approach. And it's, and it's mm -hmm. hard because, you know, at, uh, at least on my side, I want to plug them into the most that I possibly can, because mm -hmm. I know that when a brand fully integrates into us, into the gaming space, that's when they're going to have the most benefit. Yeah. And a lot of them don't understand that. A lot of them just look at influencers or they just look at teams or just events and they think that they're going to get a huge thing just from a small test and learn with one aspect of the gaming experience. Mm -hmm. And I I have to explain to them like that's not how this works. It, it, it that way it just kind of looks like you had a sign posted up in an event and Really? Mm -hmm. Is that like, what's that going to do? So yeah. uh, that, that's one of my bigger challenges. And then uh, challenges as an organization, really. Um, one thing that I do find on the staff side is there are people that want to come into esports, exist here for less, as weird as it sounds, less than a year, and then take that, take that experience and say to the rest of the world, hey, I have experience also in esports. You know, I'm, I'm happy to bring my new found skill set into the next brand or a company that I work for. So I, I think that the, um, the like turnover with with people who come in bring their skill set from like a, a larger entities uh that aren't esports focused and they come mm -hmm. in then they work then they just kind of like take that as like a small participation trophy with them on their journey and and i believe that's a problem just because um I'm biased. I'm in it for the long haul. I, I told, mm -hmm. I, I, like I told James O'Connor, I was just like, Hey, you know, you got me for at least five years. This is awesome. I want to do this. Yeah. Um, but not everybody's like that. And not everybody wants to build. I don't mm -hmm. know. I, I don't know if it's the right word. Like I'm I, like, <laughs> I see this. I, I know how, I know how beneficial it was for people to give them a place of belonging. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, and working some of that positivity into the mix. And I know how important that is for people when they're on the, either on the come up or they're looking for a community to really integrate into. And that's mm -hmm. why I'm in it for the long haul, but not everybody sees it that way. So, so I think like the, the turnover on the staff side is, is a little bit weird of a challenge that, that I've also been seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also uh, expanding before, not not necessarily us as an organization, but I see this going on. They bring on too many staff when they don't actually need. Like I've seen mm. some organizations have like 20 or 30 people on their social media team alone. Like why yeah. do you need that many people? Then they, you know, they, they experience layoffs like a, mm. a year down the road, a few months down the road. So uh, unchecked growth is also like a huge thing. And um, 
that's mainly brought on by organizations that don't feel like they want to put in the work for mm -hmm. specific things and they want to get away from, oh, like we all wear a lot of hats here. It's like, no, I'd rather just hire people for it. Yeah. Like that's not really how uh, in the esports space, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Not like we're not at a position yet where more entities can do that because we're already seeing the biggest of the big are laying off like huge portions of their staff mm -hmm. um, and then selling off some of their competitive entities to other groups just because yeah. they grew to it was unchecked growth. So mm -hmm. unchecked growth, staff turnover. Um, and uh, I think that's really the biggest things like the challenges I face. And also like, you know, in uh, promoting this as a worthy investment for for. Mm -hmm different brands so yeah so and so then you'd be the person to go to if sponsorship or sponsors wanted to come and get into the space then right oh of course yeah okay. yeah definitely me because i have um I have my ears on all different departments. Like if you look at my calendar, it, my calendar mm -hmm. looks weird because I'm in meetings with like a bunch of the internal departments, just like learning like what we're doing in like different mm -hmm. parts, like week to week. Months yeah. So um, we actually have our, so we have our staff wide meeting tonight at like four. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, it's, it's like uh, I, I would, I would, I would be happy to like talk to anybody that, that yeah. wants to get into space, perhaps take their traditional marketing, like get it a little bit younger, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, it, it, putting all of your taking all of their eggs and putting it into multiple baskets in this in this new and fruitful space is is mm. what I specialize in because I've seen firsthand and I've also heard like in in all aspects of of the pipeline like what works and what doesn't work. So mm -hmm. yeah, okay. So um, as far as your organization goes, do you guys like to focus on? You know, because gaming and esports is a huge, broad market. Do you guys yeah. find, you know, specific games or just specific game cultures that you focus in, or do you try and be pretty, um, you know, widespread? Yeah, oh, love that, dude. So, uh, we we definitely go where the money is as far as mm -hmm. competitive teams and also with different events. So we would rather uh, act as a governing body and influence the space rather than just mm. participating in the space. So that's okay. why you go on our website and you don't see a huge amount of like competitive teams. You know, mm. I, I told you straight up, we have like around three right now, three or four. And they, you know, our, our main priority is influencing the space so that we can uplift people mm -hmm. uh, rather than just um, taking a backseat role. And also another thing that they don't tell you is like teams don't have any power in the decision-making process, at least as an events and tournaments organizer, we can tell them, Hey, these are the trends we're seeing. Uh, mm -hmm. This is why would this would be like a, a better investment for you in, in this aspect. So that's why we're going after like big, you know, bigger people in the space, such as riot games, because mm -hmm. they specialize in a, and in, in, in establishing an engaged audience. And mm -hmm. also they specialize in esports specific gaming titles, you know, Valorant and league of legends, both you were really, really big successes. Project mm -hmm. L is going to revolutionize the fighting game audience group. Now you get, you guys can fight me on that, but it, you know, the real only reason you're going to fight me on that is because, you know, fighting game, uh, events have been so grassroots for the the for a majority of their existence mm -hmm. um and that's been good and bad so uh that's kind of what i mean does that kind of answer your question that's kind of where we look for when we're, mm -hmm. when we're trying to be an esports organization as opposed to just a team uh, you know yeah. when i go into conversations i would say my team because these are my people but yeah. whenever i whenever i usually talk to people i try to say we are knights esports group or we're just knights esports we're not just mm -hmm. the pittsburgh knights anymore you know like yeah. we've so yeah 
Yeah, that's what I was wondering because it's you know I had to talk to different organizations or organizations and just kind of find out you know do they niche down and go into specific games or do they try to hit everything within the culture? Um, you know whether it's their media presence or their how they do their marketing, and um, yeah, it seems to be kind of all over. It just depends on what the brand or the organization wants to get into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, <clears throat> Um, so I guess, so, uh, you guys host a lot of events. You guys do a lot of, um, communal stuff. I'm assuming, do you guys have anything coming up? Uh, is it mostly in Pittsburgh or do you guys do like national online stuff? So that, no, that's a great question. So uh, Knights arena mm -hmm. is, is on Twitch. It's our virtual home stadium. So oh, okay, if you guys cool. go on either the, the Knights Twitch or Knights arena, Twitch, we, uh, we host a lot of our events there. Now, okay. we also are trying to do more stuff here in Pittsburgh. We're, we're just trying to because a lot of people, uh, they go to like the Dream Hacks and the Twitch cons and, and uh, you know, PAX East, PAX West, if they want like tech or gaming, anything. Mm -hmm. So as far as like competitive events, I mean, obviously, you could argue like Boston, Chicago with like the Call of Duty majors, but there's not a lot of like bigger events that happen here on the East Coast that people can regularly go to. So mm -hmm. uh, uh we just this past year ran Knights Forge, which was one of the it was the it was what was it, it was the largest official like riot sanctioned Valorant offseason tournament uh, mm -hmm. in all of North America. So we we hosted that here in Pittsburgh just because it was like the infrastructure was like a little bit easier. Uh, mm -hmm. We like took over this old movie theater that had an uh, esports lounge and we just like we had like around 32 different teams coming to compete. But um coming into the next year challengers so it's going to be a lot bigger and a lot better than last year we've got a lot of really cool brands that are going to be a part of it and also just like the the game has changed you know like you mm -hmm. saw like um uh we saw a couple of different teams merge we saw a couple of other teams like either get sold or just they don't exist anymore mm -hmm. so right now like valorant is definitely a hotbed of activity and then mm -hmm. also going into uh the next year we're going to try to ramp up some of our stuff with like apex legends we're going to be mm -hmm. doing we're going to try to do some more like invite only carnage cups that we do and and i just like apex just because it's just so brutal it, it kind of like mm -hmm. mixes call of duty uh warzone and um mortal Kombat for me just because of yeah. like the finishers i just think they're so ridiculous yeah. it's just like i think i just <laughs> got punched in the face and we just heard yeah. all of it you know like um <laughs> But I, I think like those are some really cool things to to really look out for. I think. Um, okay, cool. So you guys do have some yeah. events coming up. Yeah. So so dude, challengers goes. It, so this past year it went from January to June. Oh, wow. This coming year it goes January all the way into like November. So it's going to be like <laughs> that's a big close event. to yeah. So like close to twelve months out of the year we're going to be doing it, and uh, we're also going to be running a bunch of giveaways throughout. So we're going to give the fans the ability to win uh, the chance to go to Brazil for the for the mm. World Championships in Valorant. That's awesome, you know. So, yeah, so that that's like one of my. I think that's one of, like bigger experiential stuff and those giveaways where we get to put take the fans to mm -hmm. these other things and like give them cool products and stuff like that from our sponsors. That's like one of my favorite things because mm -hmm. it takes me back to the old Nickelodeon to Disney channel days when they're yeah. like, win a <laughs> Disney cruise or in a Nickelodeon, like kids choice awards. Yeah. And it, it's like, these guys, people are actually winning and it's not just like, because I'm helping set all this up. So yeah. it's not just <laughs> like, Oh, we're making them pay like on the back end $10,000 just to come and fly out. Like, no, yeah. we're actually making sure that they can get out and be a part of the, the experience that they really like. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, but that's I, awesome. That, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the I think the bigger stuff that we have coming. Yeah. Up. 
So how is the organization itself looking? Like, what are they? Do you guys have like a roadmap, kind of what you guys are planning to do the next few years, or what yeah, do you guys want to be? We brought on uh, some really cool people, and uh, we we brought on some really cool um, executives over from like Discord to help us work on like Matchbot. So I think the big, I think one of the bigger things is like getting that up and running and making mm -hmm. sure that people can self-organize and they can get back to like playing games with people that they love and more so putting sponsors and brands into the experience as opposed to in your face because mm -hmm. you know that personally that's what i like more when the brand is more so a part of the experience because then i'm not forced to convert and i more so can just like interact with them yeah. and i think that developing those technologies so that there's kind of a turnkey solution to the esports question mm -hmm. and being able to not just do events or not just do content so i think that's like the bigger thing on the roadmap currently and then um kind of from there it's just kind of put the saudis out of business and and just really try to reestablish not just like north america as like an esports Mm -hmm. uh hub but really just to decentralize esports as a whole and not just keep it in one specific area make sure that everybody has um has a chance and and mm -hmm. there's no specific geography or group of people that controls the space so decentralization of our favorite pastime which mm -hmm. i don't think anybody can really argue with unless they're on the yeah. money side and <laughs> and just making sure everybody like has a great time and we can bring more people together so um so yeah, and also humble brag, I got to go to a Steelers game with Adren. I don't know if oh, anybody cool. knows who Adren <laughs> is. He's the team liquid coach for CS:GO, and he's been oh nice like, around for a long time. So, yeah, I got to chill with him and his wife. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> really? We're talking about golf, and I was just like, "This is so cool!" Like, <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. what I was asked. Do have you met like you know? What are some I've met like a lot of cool people in the industry? Yeah, like, orgs, content creators, you know, brands. Yeah, so. So I got to, I've, I've actually got to, it's weird. I've got to hang out with Adren like on multiple occasions, mm -hmm. which is like, at first you don't, you don't realize it cause he's just like a normal guy. But then I see yeah. footage of this guy like in matches and this guy's like an animal yeah. and <laughs> he's also been able to just become like such a top dog. I met him. I've got to like chill. <laughs> I've got to chill out with like Wiz Khalifa and like some of his oh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so because we work closely with them, we run their, um, we we run uh Wiz and Friends stream. So mm. every year we uh Taylor Gang and the Knights, we put on this big live stream where like <laughs> it's just this cool <laughs> blend of like rap and fashion and like music and like Wiz and his guys, they kinda like preview some of their cool songs that are coming out mm -hmm. we bring a bunch of cool like video games for them to like play and we get to like walk them through their different stuff it's just like one big cool hangout thing i've gotten to meet yeah. him some of his some of the rappers and the djs under like taylor gang i've gotten to meet some of them and then i've gotten to meet like steelers players and it's really weird mm -hmm. because like they're just so such huge people but they're they're mm -hmm. also gamers yeah. so like they'll play i like back when we used to have like a lot more madden players we would do stuff at the steelers stadium and we would run show matches with them Mm -hmm. And like, this is the chair. I mm -hmm. didn't know people that were like 350 pounds and six foot 10 <laughs> could fit into these kinds of chairs, but yeah. they can, they can. I'm just telling everybody that they can. Um, so uh, Jason Grilly as well. I've met like people from the pirates, like former, like all-star baseball players. Mm -hmm. So I've, it's, it's cool. I've gotten to meet like a lot of people who i've like seen on tv you know yeah like, it's just it's just kind of weird because i'm the behind the scenes guy and i'm perfectly yeah. happy with doing that but in the process of that like i still gotta meet like i met like all the oxygen esports team 
That was mm. like really funny. It was really funny because that like so Knights Forge was the Valorant in person event that we ran, mm-hmm. and I'm just like chilling in the one staff room that they have, and the Oxygen Esports guys come in and they're just like they're rock stars, you know, they're yeah. like one of the bigger teams that came to show up, mm-hmm. and they come into our staff area and it's kind of like just it's just kind of for like the athletes to like chill at and also for the staff. And mm-hmm. I turn around and they're all getting like changed, right? Like into like their Oxygen Esports jerseys and they yeah. all have abs. That's one thing at home. <laughs> a lot of the e- Oxygen Esports guys have abs for like no reason. And I was just like, oh, I was like, what's up guys? And they're like, hey, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, you guys, yeah. you guys excited for today? He's like, yep, yeah, we're, we're ready to bring it home. They ended up winning. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but it was just like, I was like, what is going on? And um, yeah, so like, I've been on like I've been on Discord calls with like different content creators and mm-hmm. like so like that that's my little section of bragging. I got to meet like yeah. professional guys <laughs> and other like, cool people. And yeah. I got to like I'm gonna try to take a dren out to this um uh VR place, like the, this VR uh this VR place that we have here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um and like a golf simulator place because he really likes golf now. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, well I'll, ch- I'll I'll send you an email. I'll, I'll be like, hey, we, we did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. Um, so the uh yeah, you get to meet a lot of cool people because you guys have the connections with all those, you know, Pittsburgh Spielers Wiz and all that. That's super cool that you guys Yeah, it's that. <laughs> it's it's something that that no nobody really thinks of. Like we obviously we have like the black and gold branding, you know, with like a lot mm-hmm. of different Pittsburgh based organizations, but you know, people don't usually see the connection between like, okay, rap and football and esports, like it's it's just the people at the leadership points of those organizations, they understand the viability of esports as an investment and mm-hmm. they're laying the foundation for the future. So that, that's so is that life. how night started then was like, how did <laughs> these other brands get involved? You know, with Wiz, Steelers, all them. Yeah, there was, um, it was exactly like that. They saw the opportunity, uh, James O'Connor and some of the, like, you know, Jono and Garrett Bambro, some of the OG uh, peop- executives at my organization, they went to these different brands and, like, these are our plans. This is what we can do now. This is our pedigree. This is why you should invest in us. And it was really just like kind of going into those conversations with this is what we know we can do. And this is what mm-hmm. we know we can do for you. Mm-hmm. And this is where we're going to take it. And that's and and just being able to navigate some of those um i don't want to say uh, i because those rooms with like the leadership of the steelers or Mm -hmm. the leadership of like taylor gang with like wiz they're they have so many really um not harsh questions but they have really like in your face how is this going to work for us Mm -hmm. type of questions and you know i've been on those calls i I understand how like tough that it can be and how like nerve-wracking it can be especially Mm -hmm. in like an in-person setting oh my god in an (laughs) in-person setting and this is before covid this is before you can like hide behind a webcam you know Mm -hmm. so like uh going into like some of those it's like really stressful but that that was kind of that that was kind of how those conversations go without getting into it like too crazy you know sure yeah yeah well, cool, man. Um, well, thank you for yeah talking about all that. Was there anything else? Um, I mean, I don't know if there was anywhere else you wanted to you know talk about or anything else you wanted to take this. Yeah, anything I mean, like you talked about. You know, I followers? I think like one of the bigger things like that I I always like to talk about is like the the connection between like health and mm-hmm. the esports space because I mean for for those of you at home at the professional level of esports the these organizations are investing in dietitians and professional chefs. Uh, for their different esports teams and, mm-hmm. and for their organization, because the professional players take their health into serious uh, account 
because if they can under they have the baseline stuff set up like their physical activity cardiovascular health uh uh overall like what they're putting into their mouth like the the food is healthy then they can mm -hmm. perform at the top top level so one thing the the change that i'm trying to to push and the change that i would like to see is more people in the gaming space realizing that health is a worthy investment in yourself and your mm -hmm. kd ratio your your movement in the game is going to improve when you take the health and wellness into account for yourself mm -hmm. and when you start to invest in yourself now i'm not saying like now now i i personally follow a lot of the bodybuilding and the fitness influencers just because it's fun content for me i, I like mm -hmm. i like seeing that i like seeing the the schizo gym sell meme posts and yeah. like the trend <laughs> twins you know like the the crazy mm -hmm. guys for young la but um at the same time there is a lot of credence to the theory that oh i should invest in myself so i can excel in all aspects of mm -hmm of the human experience. So in gaming, you're going to do a lot better when you take your health and wellness into account. And, and one of the mm -hmm. easiest things, like if you play Skyrim or you play like really any game, uh, you can either, I, that's this thing right here is this is my TV, but in the reflection of my TV, that's my walking treadmill. That, that's oh, my nice. under desk treadmill. I use that when I play video games or when I'm playing Skyrim and it's a loading screen, I'll mm -hmm. do push ups. Now it's like it's easy stuff that anybody can do, yeah. but are you going to make the effort to do so? Yeah. And that's I what I do really actually. And I noticed that too. I tell people like, you know, when you're physically, cause it affects your mind, you know, how your sharpness, exactly. your, exactly. your, your patience, everything. And, um, so like when you take care of your physical health, that does reflect on your mental health, which in turn should make you a better player. <laughs> it's the best. The physical activity is hands down. And the data shows this. It's the best anti-anxiety, anti-depressive, um, mm. medication that we have. That's that, performs better in every trial than medication so mm -hmm. you know i i would much rather people uh take their health and do their own hands when when they're going into the human experience and it's impacting positively the things that they like the most in gaming mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah so we uh we had a lot of people in the chat and get to get to but we had um some people that want to join in say hi um also ask if somebody wanted to reach out to you how would they go about um you know getting uh, in touch with you yeah it's easy so you can really just look up liam brown knights on linkedin or you can just look up liam brown knights on google and i'm like the first guy that comes up yeah. so um it, I, I would highly recommend you reach out to me on like linkedin because i'm probably most active there and on my instagram uh pk liam one and uh, I haven't posted it on Instagram in like a little bit, but I do post like, uh, you know, fitness and podcasts and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, and also like all the stuff that I do with the Knights, it's, it's kind of like my own, <laughs> my own little runway of where I can brag about stuff. Yeah. But uh, if you guys wanted to reach out to me, here's my phone number. No, it's really just, <laughs> you know, go on my LinkedIn and just feel free to message me or connect with me. And I'm assuming for the org itself, it's everything would be just at Knights Esports. Yeah, so uh, yeah, either Knights Esports or Pittsburgh Knights. If you go to knights.gg, all of our social media is on the top right hand corner. Okay. Too. So I'm in some of our videos as well. If you scroll oh, down cool. farther enough, I'm in some <laughs> of the videos. So yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I'd like to let everyone know how they can reach out to you and kind of get in touch. That way you guys can keep the network going, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know where. I have 45 minutes now. Is there anything else kind of you want to touch on? Or no, I, I mean, like I, you asked like really great questions. I, th I think this was, you know, a lot of fun. Um, you know, Lamar, feel free to reach out to me again. If you're running, if you're like running low on guests, like I, I'd yeah. love to come on again. I hope to see all you guys 
um, again soon. And I'd love to check in like uh, in a, in a few weeks to, to kind of just talk to you guys about like what we've done so far since the last time we talked, you know? So yeah, I'd love to have great. you back on. We can do, you know, follow-ups with um, what you guys have planning, you know, with yeah. roadmap stuff um, kind of just, I'd love to have a platform where different people in the industry can come and give our followers resources. Um, you know, different brands can come and get into new audiences. I think it's a great yeah. way to network everyone. Yeah, I saw I saw one of your one of your episodes about like the the esports kind of betting platform where it's like you can oh the game wagers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw that because because he's not the only like name in the space that's doing no, that yeah. like others but like that was I thought that was a really cool representation yeah of that. because like one thing that uh, when we can figure it out and and, and mm-hmm. esports for those of you at home esports is very hard to sports bet on because mm-hmm. like like finding the different aspects of the game that you can bet on is so like game specific mm-hmm. and the esports scene is like i mean at one time i can remember we were doing events for we had teams and we were doing events for like halo see like halo valorant rock league like all these games are so different so mm-hmm. the sport the betting platforms have to like take this into account that's why it probably hasn't taken off as much but yeah when we can figure out the betting and the gambling for for esports that's going to that's going to be the ne- one of the steps that we can mm-hmm. take to getting, you know, either that mainstream appeal or just a lot of that mainstream investment. Because when betting gets into play, like that's really good. that's really good for the growth of <laughs> yeah. the space in general. You know, yeah, yeah. And I have an exciting directory. Like I have probably seven, eight more schedule scheduling that yeah. I'm doing. So, um, you know, once I get those, then you know, you guys can talk to each other because I have brands I'm sure would be interested in sponsoring or getting in touch with you guys. <laughs> yeah, love it. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, unless there's anything else. Oh, actually, I did have one question. So for everyone that comes on, what are your top three favorite games you've ever played? Oh, um, <laughs> you got them right there. Well, I got. Yeah, I got. I got. It's uh. well, first off, Star Wars The Force Unleashed is like mm, one of my top okay. ones because that's, that's arguably one. that's arguably like the best Star Wars game like we ever got. So Star Wars, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> have, yeah. uh, Star Wars The Force Unleashed. And then I'm a big Far Cry fan. I don't know oh, if you guys nice. know. I love now, here's the thing, guys. I I didn't I, I didn't have friends when I was like younger, so I didn't play a lot of <laughs> multiplayer games. Okay, so I'm more of a single player guy. Um, so it's got to be Star Wars: The Force Unleashed, the Far Cry games, um, uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marine, mm. the first one. Now okay. I I you know I'm a I'm a big uh, Warhammer 40k fan. You yeah, know? I take a lot of my inspiration from Henry Cavill. But, uh, <laughs> but it's it's just it's such a cool world. I, I think that um, and Space Marine Two. I think I'm I'm like so psyched for Dark. Yeah. I didn't get to play Dark Tide too much. Um, oddly enough, working in video games, I don't get a lot of time to play video games. But I hear um, you. <laughs> but yeah, so, As yeah. You get you older, see, you get less time. Yeah, yeah, you get it. But like in. Yeah, yeah, probably like those three. That's a good, yeah, because what I, you know, I've, I don't know how old you are, but for me, being a little bit older, you know, we grew up with more single player games. I think exactly. So yeah, and and back then, there was only a few titles that were really big in multiplayer, Mm -hmm. and um, so for me, I was in single player a lot. But everyone I've asked before, you know, they're much more into the modern competitive games. (laughs) And like, I think that developers try to establish connectivity in every game title, so. You have to. I don't know if you guys saw the what was it? The Doctor Disrespect just trying to boot up Call of Duty, and mm-hmm. there's like all these different screens <laughs> he has to go through. He's just like, I want to play the game now, and then he just yeah. like, how do I play this game? And then um, it just gets to a point where he just like deletes it. But yeah. the 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 biggest thing is like 
what if I don't want to be connected? What if I don't want to do online co-op? Like the mm. new South, like the new South Park game that's coming out. <laughs> yeah. You know, co-op, but like, dude, trying to find if I can do local co-op with that game is like mm-hmm. a needle in a haystack. I still don't know. Like, if anybody can comment, if, you, if can we do local co-op with this game? Jesus, I Christ. hope so. It's been, I hope so too. Yeah, because I feel like you have to have your own console now to do any local play. Yeah, <laughs> no I'm more like, split and, screen. And yeah, so like, yeah, so split screen's completely gone out, gone downhill. Mm-hmm. And like, everybody's got these TVs. Well, this is a bad example, but everyone's got these TVs that are like this. That well, this one's kind of thin, but it's yeah. like we've got TVs that are this thin. And like the size of a wall, yeah. and we can't do split screen anymore. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what do you? What? Uh, oh yeah. So I gotta, I gotta boot up like Battlefront from 2006 yeah. on a nice TV, so so that four of us can play together. That's cool. I guess <laughs> yeah. Borderlands is yeah. the only one that you can do like a good like co-op modern game. game you can do split screen with. But like yeah. even the Far Cry games, you can do like online co-op. But like yeah, you can't. Like I have like I have three, four, and five, and I can't like play. Yeah, because right you know me, I grew up with siblings. We loved the older, you know, N sixty four split screen, PS two split screen. So I grew up with split screen. So now it's like it, it's tough to play with people now. <laughs> yeah, and then what's that one like? Is it Animal Frenzy? Am- <coughs> is that the Battle Royale one? Yeah, it's like you're like you play as the animals and you're just like trying to beat each other up or something like that. Yeah, but you all play on the same screen and like I don't. I want to play a. I don't know, like a grown-up game yeah. with my friends. I don't want to play something that I could also play with, like, kids at a daycare, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I like here's the thing. I've, I've worked with kids for, like, 10, 12 years. Like, with the nights I've, I've hosted educational seminars for high school and middle school, mm-hmm. I used to work in, like, many different summer camps. I've worked with kids. And I can tell you that they don't play the games made for kids. Yeah. Like, they don't. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> so, like, I want to be able to play, like, a good, like, shoot em up or something like that with my friends in yeah. my house when they're with me in my house. Yeah. That shouldn't be, like, I shouldn't, like, ah. Uh, you don't uh, have to bring a whole land party, you know? <laughs> I don't want to have to do that. I was just like, guys, I only have, I don't, I only have enough space for, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. God. So I stick to Mario Party when the friends come over. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, but what if I want, like, an actual, like, MIDI controller? Exactly, yeah, that's true. Control, you know, like, yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> That's what the market's missing. Someone's got to come up with that. Yeah, I, the market's missing. It it keeps trying to invest too much in in like VR, mm-hmm. and 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 they don't realize that the player base for VR is already so small. So like, yeah, ugh, playing with your friends in VR is like definitely a headache. Literal and physical. I've, yet to, I've been wanting to try. I'm a, I play on PS5, but that VR man is as much as the I, right now. Funny story. I spent a summer <laughs> in VR, so mm. I I was working with a tech company, and I for a few months spent like five six hours in like vr headsets for like a few oh, like wow. two two months so like there's a bit of a uh resistance you have to develop because mm-hmm. you know i can look away from my screen but in vr i can't look away yeah so like it's just this constant bombarding of the senses in your eyes and your brain and the area behind your eyes <laughs> feels really like strained and you're awkwardly sweating and like <laughs> the foam like the foam headset is just like it's like sliding down on your face yeah. so I have to tighten it so then i'm giving myself a headache because i'm getting pressed like i'm getting my yeah getting so this this is another reason why like uh, gamified fitness solutions they need mm. a little bit of work because like if you actually do like a boxing class in a vr mm. headset uh it's if you do anything in a vr headset you're gonna start sweating i did the i did the <laughs> darth vader game and i played through like the different missions i was sweating yeah. for no reason <laughs> and like 
what people don't realize is that you're sweating so much and the headset is going to fall down your head. So yeah. if I'm doing these VR boxing classes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you think I'll be able to like, <laughs> yeah. really, you think I'll be able to keep up? Like, you know? Yeah. God, I, I, I don't know. We'll give it a little bit of time. I think it's, it's getting there. It just has to get smaller. Like we just yeah. have to get like sort of like ready player one type glasses like mm-hmm. this is why i'm a big proponent of like xr so there's like there's a com- there's ar vr and xr so mm-hmm. like ar like augmented or altered reality so it's going to be like oh like this is screen, like, right? screen. Yeah. yeah and then there's uh vr and it's like virtual reality and like a headset but mm-hmm. then there's xr which is going to be like extended reality so that's like there's a there's one company that's really good at it vitcher uh, Vitcher. Is that where like you have? It's like a glasses and a little battery pack that goes around your hand. But you have like a uh-huh. hundred and sixty-eight inch monitor in front of you that only you can see, and mm. it like wirelessly plugs into your Switch, PS5, PC, so you can oh, game cool. literally like when you're in the airport and stuff like that, like just on this and with a controller. Wow. It's awesome. Yeah, and you can also like stream on it and stuff like that. But yeah. I think if we can go more towards those solutions. I think yeah. that'd be that'd be awesome, you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Where, of course, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, Liam, thank you so much. Like I said, for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy um, with Knights Esports. You guys are doing some great stuff. Yeah, um, but yeah, we will definitely follow up with you guys um, and see where you guys are at. Um, but thank you so much. And then everyone listening, like again, you can follow Liam Brown or you can find him at Knights Esports. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for staying. Um, you can stay on too as soon as we hop off. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right.